All right, welcome today to the Reboot Series. Uh, my name is Scott Smith. It is Thursday, June the 4th, and we've had a fantastic uh, six weeks of sessions together as we work through uh, COVID-19 and its implications for the church, specifically around regathering. Today is session seven, and we're glad that you're here. I want to make you aware of a couple things. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen real quick just so you can kind of see uh, some of the things that we posted here. And a lot of you maybe have been online, but you have not uh, seen this page yet. Um, and or you, you've been with us on these calls, but you haven't seen the page. So let me just show you that real quick. So what we've got is we've got uh, gabaptist.org forward slash reboot, gabaptist.org forward slash reboot. And uh, what you have is you have all the sessions that we've had so far You'll find the most recent ones, the most relevant, most likely. A lot of you haven't had a chance yet to go to the Reboot Worship, which you'll want to do. Reboot Worship, which specifically deals with uh, the, the uh, turning your music and worship back on live, what that's going to look like. That was an hour-long call, but it was packed with information. We had, they actually had a medical doctor on that day, uh, as well as uh, music uh, worship leaders from around the state. Uh, also, the most recent edition is Digital Decisions Around Regathering right there. Uh, that's where uh, John uh, Graham and I sat down and we did a video on what do you do if you've been pre-recording your services and now you're going back live? Do you record the live do you, or and send it out a week later? Do you do you, do you you do a combo deal? Do you accept the downgrade of the production quality that you've been doing with pre-recording and then try to make that shift to live with all that uh, in place? How does that work how does that look and we covered that in a very short video so you'll you'll find that very useful now um I, i've got another uh video that i just recorded with jason day of outreach.com that's not on here yet but it will be soon i'll tell you about that in just a minute what i want you to notice though is we've added a podcast so if you want to get the replays of these calls and you want to do it on your favorite podcatcher you listen to itunes or podcaster or Spotify, then uh, anchor.fm forward slash church reboot is where we're posting the audio uh, versions of these calls. And so uh, maybe that's a more convenient way for you to, to digest this later. Uh, certainly if you ever miss a week, that'd be a way to just grab it because you can just subscribe to it in your favorite podcatcher and be able to listen to that uh, at any time. So make sure you go to gabaptist.org forward slash reboot. Uh, the most recent video that I did and that will be posted very soon is with Jason Day of Outreach.com. Outreach.com has been a fantastic partner for us in dealing with things like, for instance, the big invite, all the mailing pieces, print. A lot of you guys already use them for product. Um, however, um, one of the things that, that, that they've shifted on that I think you'll find interesting is sanitization kits. So they're, they're getting masks. They found a great source for hand sanitizer and things like that, that they're going to be able to order and ship uh, in kits. And it's very church friendly. And you'll see what that is. I think you'll find it a little more unique than just ordering generic stuff off Amazon, for instance, or going to Costco. They've really tailored that to the church. Yes, it's a product, but it's a strategy for you if you're concerned about some of those things or if in talking to your church, you, you feel like they're going to lean heavy on wanting to see that their masks being used or 
that you want to put more hand sanitizer stations that you don't have to touch, for instance, just the, you know, motion detection in your church and around your church, or you just can't find hand sanitizer. They have a source for that. And it's actually a little bit cheaper than the average of what you're finding online. So uh, I want to just thank you for that. And also um, look for that when that, when that goes up, you'll see that video there as well. Remember we have the chat box. When you put anything in the chat box, it uh, defaults only that panelists see what you put there. If you want all attendees to see whatever you put into the chat box, then make sure you use the drop down that says all attendees, all panelists and all attendees so that we can all see so that everybody can see uh, what you're posting. If you want to encourage somebody else on the call, one of the great things we mentioned last week is that this has become a forum of sorts for us to encourage one another while we're having the conversation. A lot of you have been here every single session, including this session seven, and we found incredible encouragement going on in the chat box. The Q&A box uh, obviously pops up and you can give a, a, a quick question and we'll answer that sometime by typing. You'll be able to see those. So check both. Even if you're just a lurker, and you're not engaged beyond listening, at least look at the question in the answer box and look at the chat box so you can see what's going on there. I think you'll get great value. Jeremy Morton of First Baptist Woodstock um, is preaching at a, a summer uh, camp. Uh, yes, actually a, a real summer camp of some sort, but he's not here. Jason Britt is on vacation. He's with us, but he's uh, coming in and out. So bear with his uh, internet connectivity. Joel of Peavine got on by miracle today. Um, and he, but he's with us, thank God. And, uh, so he's on based on, uh, there's a lot of duct tape below Joel's feet. I'll just put it that way. And, uh, and, and Stephen Durbin of Oak Hill, uh, always, man, thank you for being here. And we're excited to have back, uh, Tim Dowdy, who's in the throes of making some of these decisions himself, even though, uh, he's uh, working now for you across Georgia as, uh, the lead strategist for, uh, pastor wellness. He's also, helping Eagles Landing, the church he helped start, uh, navigate this as well. So he's in the trenches. Uh, we're glad you're here today. Uh, we, we trust that you, like all of us, can I just say off the top, there's a lot to be praying about right now as, as we regather and as the, even the context has changed around regathering. And so uh, anyway, prayerfully, we, we, uh, we move ahead. Tim, uh, good to have you uh, with us today, man. Thank you for your leadership. Uh, the floor is yours, sir. I appreciate it, Scott, and thanks for joining us from Panama City while you're on vacation. That's dedication right there. And Jason Britt is in Destin, and he get he's on and off, on and off. So we'll we'll try to catch him when he is uh, actually connected there. A um, couple things to start off with um, that people have had questions about, and Mike Griffin has. Um, if you'll look in the chat area, he's also attached the article uh, from Governor uh, in the state of Georgia on you know, dealing with all the uh, social distancing guidelines and all that for churches. But there were two questions that have come up several times. One is, as we gather back, is there any official state requirement that you have to wear masks? And I reaffirmed that this morning, there is none. You do not have to wear masks. It's suggested, and you can make that suggestion. And you can require it yourself. If you want to require it for uh, people that come back, you can do that. But as far as an official position from the state that you have to, there is none. And then the question about small groups, life groups, Sunday school, getting back together, getting back together on campus. And you saw that the, the um, number moved from 10 to 25. Um, and you, so 
if you can adhere to the social distancing guidelines in a life group room and you've got less than 25, then you can, they can be on campus. I mean, as, as far as the state goes. Now, the, again, as the pastor leader in your church, you make the determination, make sure you're, um, as, as Mike told me this morning, a reasonable standard of care that you're following as best to your knowledge, the guidelines provided, and you're providing a reasonable standard of care for the people that are on your campus. You're that. I mean, and the thing, let's let's talk about a couple of things related to all this because it's been such an odd season of time. Um, you know, now uh, for us uh, on the 14th, it'll be three months since we've had service on campus. That. If you'd have told me that two years ago, there's going to be a period of time for three months you're not going to have service on campus. I said, you're crazy. There's no way we're not going to have service in a three-month period of time. But that's, that's where we are. So as we're talking about getting back on campus, everybody's starting to communicate that. I know we still have some areas in the state where there's a lot of stress uh, related to COVID-19. And so they're not talking as much about getting back um, in those areas. Um, but a lot of churches are. Some have already started back. Some are about to start back. Some have had soft launches. And so I want to ask you guys, first off, um, how has it gone as you've begun to communicate this? And where have you had? Have you had any soft launch, anybody on campus um, on Sundays? How has that gone? Hey, for us, we're still about where we were, about uh, our surveys, about 67, 8, 70% say they're coming back, definitely or probably on the 14th. And so that, that has us about where we are. We went into our auditorium, our worship center um, Monday, and we reduced its capacity by 50%, which actually is, is a better seating arrangement than what we had before because we basically had chairs on top of chairs and we spread everybody out a little bit. Um, we're not sure what that's going to look like going forward. What, one thing we're going to do is uh, we're going to send out another survey next week. So this Sunday, uh, we have volunteers coming in. We'll have a couple hundred people on campus because we're we're launching with kids ministry, uh, preschool, and um, you know greeters. But you know we've ordered different T-shirts that say "You are essential" and some other cute things on it for the greeters. Uh, and you know we're training them to just kind of be barkers, not shakers. You know, handshakers kind of thing. But we're doing all that Sunday, training everybody Sunday. Let them attend the worship, and then that's our dry run. And then the 14th, we're just we're having at it and we'll see what happens happens. And then we expect to have to do a lot of adjustment on the 15th, you know, going forward. But that's kind of what we're trying to figure out at right now. Now, Joel, if I remember right, you guys are not doing any kind of registration. You're just letting people go. Nope. So we there. did, we did ask them what service you plan on attending eight, nine 30 or 11. And that pretty much told us what a registration would tell us. Right. And, and, it, and it, it pretty much divided a third, third and a third. And we've heard from other church members now, we've heard from other sources, church members in our area whose churches are requiring registration, and they were really put off by the registration aspect. So we're like, hey, why, why cause that rub when yeah. them telling us what service we're going to is good enough? If we're not going to turn anybody away, the registration didn't tell us any more than what that told us. And that's just, you know, it's a registration or what service are you attending? It's kind of a general guideline anyway, you know, so... Right. Um, we, we feel like we have the information that a registration would give us. Okay. Stephen, how are things at Oak Hill? 
we're still moving towards the 14th as well. And um, I know that a lot of our people there, especially people in our music department, we, we do have a celebration choir and orchestration and things like that. And so we're, we're trying to look through what that looks like. I mean, some of those people just honestly want to get back to choir practice. And while they wouldn't be in the risers uh, just because of the distancing issue, what that would look like to space them out in our room. And so we're talking through that, what it's going to look like as far as students, uh, and children beginning to get back together and, and considering our facilities, the rooms, the leadership. And, and, and honestly, you know, one of the things that we're having to think through is even, even our greeters. Uh, some of our greeters tend to be um, of the age bracket that may be the most susceptible to sickness and potential, uh, you know, uh, it becoming really bad for them. And so we're trying to reach through and look through even some of our younger deacons to get them on place serving in that capacity for the short term. And so we'll actually start that this Sunday as a practice for coming up on the 14th. And then like Joel, I mean, I'm sure on the 15th, we'll probably have to make a lot of different adjustments, maybe some things that we've, we've learned from that were really good and some things we think, hey, we didn't think about this at all. Yeah. Um, did, now, are y'all doing any kind of registration? We, we are, um, but it's, it, again, again, it's not required. Um, we just, we wanted to have like kind of a buffer. And like, like Joel said, we are about, we're doing two services. We're about 50-50. And right now, I think we're sitting at about 60% of our average who registered already. And we expect there to be some walk-ups and, um, you know, like I said, just in case, we don't think there's going to be an Easter type crowd come the 14th, but we do have an overflow room just in case there is a little bit of extra space needed. Okay, that's good. Um, so did y'all open registration like last week or how long have you had it open now for the 14th? We opened it actually two weeks ago and uh, for the, it, pro it was too early. Probably for the first week, it was really sparse. I mean, very few people registered in this last probably five to eight days, we've seen that get very, uh, real busy. And we think there'll be a lot more. Our, our church, maybe you guys are early adapters. Our church, they're, they're last minute to sign up on a lot of things anyway. And so we kind of anticipated that would be the case. I think that's true with people in general, uh, last minute signups. You know, it's just, it's just the, the world we live in. So much going on, so much happening. See, Jason's back with us. Jason, as y'all, I know y'all are doing outside first, and I know y'all y'all are planning on having registration too because you're trying to pull everybody back to the central campus, correct? Yeah, um, we are doing the 14th outdoors. We get three campuses, but we're doing all on one campus, and we started signups last week, and we're doing four services and. Um, 51,000 square feet, which kind of 500, five to 600 gives us the right distance. So two of them are completely full. Uh, we shut down registration on two and then other two are uh, still tracking. So we're at about 50% a week out of normal, or I shouldn't say 50%. We were only going to be able to seat probably 70% of, uh, of our attendance just as was. And so we're at about 50%. Um, so we've got still another two services, but it kind of two of them, two services were gone fast and, uh, the other two are tracking. So we'll see where we land up, but it looks like, I mean, at best, we're probably going to land up about 50 to 60% of our 
where we were before all this happened, if that makes sense, to start back. Yeah, that's uh, a Tim, uh, Chuck Jonas of Reedsville Baptist Church said, we gathered for the first time in 11 weeks with a backyard worship outside of our fellowship hall. We were thinking we'd have 30 folks come, but 84 came. And a number awesome. of older members as well, which is really good. I we had our first service back on Sunday. Oh, see, Brent Smith says we had our first service back last Sunday. All went well, about a 50% turnout. Uh, Brent, I'm curious to know, are you rural, suburban, or urban? Um, and then uh, Marty Godfrey mentioned uh, from a Metro group that they're seeing that 30% number. That 30% number com still comes up a lot that, mm. that on surveys and, and attendance. I, I keep hearing that offline, that 30%, 30%, 30%. As far as yeah. show up rates is pretty standard. So if you're beating thirty percent, you're probably ahead of most folks. Yeah, I think you know at at Eagles Landing we had registration. We made it clear we're just registering so we get an idea of who's showing up. I mean we're not taking tags or names or you know anything like that when people come in. And um, we've got about I'd say sixty five percent of our capacity at this point as we've divided all up. That's about where we are in registration. So we've got another week before, well, another week and, and a half years before the 14th. So I'm sure that's going to probably track a whole lot closer to 100%. Now, we're anticipating that probably, you know, 15, 20% of those people won't come. They register, they don't come. But then there's going to be people that will show up that didn't register. And usually it's about a wash. Um, and so we're just planning for it that way. And then hopefully it'll, it'll work out. Um, you know, as you've started this and you've started, you know, actual registrations, having conversations, staff having conversations with people, um, you know, what are those follow-up conversations looking like and, and what are you learning so far from people, different people groups within your church? Joel, what about you? Yeah, for us, I think we're a little bit learning that the, um, you know, some there are some people who weren't as scared as we thought they would be or as, sh or even should be, you know, for example, like, uh, Steven said this about greeters, uh, you know, in the beginning I had said, Hey, let's not, let's not in any, in any capacity, let's not sign up anybody 60 years old or older, you know, but then, uh, you know, not everybody's happy with that. So we decided, Hey, let them self separate you know, like I, I don't want to be um, too controlling with this situation, you know, and then we're finding out there are a lot of younger couples who are probably more scared than they should be. Like, like we're, we're, what we're finding out is we're surprised at who's terrified and who's not terrified a little bit along the way. And I think it'll all shake out in the end. Like you said, Tim, those things have a way of evening out. Mm -hmm. I do think with the craziness that's going on in the, country now that this has taken a back seat and not everybody uh here, here's what i think we're discovering the media has something else to focus on so we don't have the insane fear driving we were having before this again not saying that it's not serious or anything like that there's just an insane amount of fear being put out on a regular basis and i think now that they're distracted a little bit we're seeing hey people Believe it or not, they, they ebb and flow with what they're seeing on the news, their emotional level. And now that they're not seeing that, uh, you know, it's tapered down a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think all that bodes well. We're going to, I don't know if I said this or not, we're going to do another survey next week, a follow-up survey that just says, hey, one question, 
or two, are you coming in what service? We're just double checking, you know, to see where the numbers are. Please fill that out. And, and I actually think the percentages may go up because we had 24% say they were unsure. And I almost bet some of those unsure are going to flip over into probably uh, before it's all said and done. Mm. Tim, I think yeah. uh, talking a lot of our initial conversations, again, we started registration when I was out of town. And so this is just secondhand, but then having some conversations via text. I think kind of what Joel said, I don't think we can underestimate how emotionally shot people are right now. Um, not knowing what to feel. Uh, I think that, I think it's a phenomenal exercise in the depravity of our culture is how the coronavirus isn't even talked about right now in the media. It's crazy. It's just crazy. And so I, think for us as we've talked about it, it's like there's an excitement of an emotional um i don't know just seems i don't know what you other guys are seeing but there just seems to be a general emotional exhaustion uh even talking to people and so that that's just been our thing is that there's an excitement uh but there's also like i don't even know how to feel i'm, I'm coming back and I'm, I'm ready but that's just been one of the things i've gauged in four or five conversations with top leaders of just kind of an emotional uh exhaustion so yeah, what Jason's saying, you know, somebody said the other day, I feel like we skipped over the murder hornets completely, just all together. Um, where'd those guys go? Uh, when you look at, um, I think, of where our people are, generally speaking. And, Stephen, let me just clarify when you talk about that, because some people may, what's he talking about? Uh, you want to reference that? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. What, what Joel was saying that, you know, it was, it was COVID, 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 COVID. There was just so much of some good information and the misinformation. And then it was just pumped nonstop. And then where we are now with uh, the loss of, of, of Mr. Floyd and just what's going on and how we as a nation and Christians have to address those things. Um, the, what became kind of a, a minor, you know, footnote has just disappeared completely. Um, one thing that I've noticed is that there are other churches that are starting earlier in, in our community and our, I, I think church people are so starved for community, getting back together, singing, worshiping, sitting under the same roof of, of us other believers that you've got other people that are going to other churches. And it may just be temporary, uh, but it may just be over a two or three week hiatus from when every church has kind of announced when they're going to go because they're just so starved for just being in that worship context. Yeah. You know, I, I, everybody talking about how we had such a focus on COVID and then um, this so took place in, in Minneapolis and, you know, I think a lot of people trying to figure out, you know, how do we respond to that? And, and um, we need to be biblical in our response always and have a Christian perspective and take a stand against terrible injustices like, uh, like was, what has taken place and, uh, and point people back to the gospel. And, um, you know, we, we um, had some conversations with different pastors around the state over this past week. It's heartbreaking um, to hear from, our African-American pastors and people, uh, the pain and uh, the, the struggle in their own hearts. And, um, and we, we have we've got to stand together as God's people 
Um, and our banner needs to always say, we are one in Christ. You know, when we were little, we sang the song, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. And we've got we to really believe that. We've got to exemplify that by our actions, by our statements. And um, uh, we've got to be firm in that and filled with compassion. But always pointing people back to the gospel. Our, our only hope in, in these circumstances, situations, is the gospel of Jesus. Um, he's the only one who heals, forgives, restores, redeems. And uh, man, in this fallen world with um, the ravages of sin seen every day in the lives of people, it's difficult and it makes it, makes it difficult. And it's just added uh, a lot of stress and pressure and tension to the whole country. And, um, um, you know, Sunday, I just, I got up and, and, and shared with our congregation. I know whatever um, I say, some people will think it's too much. Some people will think it's too little. Some people will think it's the wrong thing to say. And so it's very difficult even to be, have an honest heart, you know, and, and now, you know, this thing, you're all separated. So they're watching you on the screen makes it even harder because you're not yeah. looking at somebody eye to eye and sitting down with them. But, um, but we still need to be firm. And I, I just read the statement that Dr. Jamie do and JD put together. Um, and it was, and I, I think is a, is a great statement. It, it certainly shares my heart in this as well. Um, so I just encourage our guys to be faithful, even in the midst of all that's going on, um, to, to stand strong, stand firm, stand against injustice, point people back to the gospel, preach the truth and hope that we have only in Jesus and not just pretend like nothing's happening. I mean, we can't do that. Joe, you got it. I know you're, in, you're up in the northwest part of the state. Um, you got a word for that, too? Yeah. <laughs> that, so, man, Tim, I'll be ultra controversial here by, by what I'm about to say, but I just have a standard policy to stay out of the news with my preaching. Like, I, yeah. I don't want CNN or Fox to dictate what I do on Sundays. Yeah. And, um, I'm always cautious about that because I always feel like, you know, if, we, if I jump on something too soon, then, um, you know, more information tends to come out later on down the line and it got murky. And what I said three weeks ago makes me look not very smart today. And then there are people who think I ought to jump on every issue that comes out yeah. on the news. If it comes out on Saturday night, I ought to be changing my sermon and preach on it on Sunday morning. And, you know, uh, you know, 9-11, I, I did that, you know, but like one thing I'm doing now is um, been, uh, trying to decide what I opened up with on the 14th for a sermon series, you know, and I heard Jeremy say he's doing the Holy Spirit and I just kind of done something on that before this. And so this will have a ending to it, but I'm doing a series on the church. I'm calling it Scattered and, and using Acts 8 where the church got scattered. And, and, mm -hmm. and I mean, there's so many similarities between Acts 8 and what happened to us on March 15th, it's not funny. And so uh, what I'm excited about, I did in that instance, is I waited 12 weeks before I addressed the situation. Like I just did normal preaching during the, during the COVID shutdown because I, I didn't know how long it was going to last. I didn't know what the results were going to be. I didn't want to make definitive statements week two. And then, you know, six months later, which was a very much possibility at the time, we were still do, meeting and, you know, so 
man, I've waited till we open up to address it with the church, and I couldn't be more pumped about what I'm preaching starting on the 14th because now it has some relevance to it as we come out of it. So when it comes to issues and those kind of things like that, Tim, man, I, a lot of guys on this call will just get furious at me because I'm saying, hey, I don't, I don't want CNN dictate my sermons. And, and so I'm responsible for my local congregation. And this is one of the times I don't love streaming. I don't love the mass reach we have because mm -hmm. there are times you want to say something to your congregation and your congregation only, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so um, I don't know, man, I, I, I know I, I'm probably one of the only guys in the state that didn't say something about it Sunday, but I just felt like there's so many people on both sides of that issue. And here's my thought. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important thing. And uh, uh, I, saw that podcast, you know, just thinking to African-American pastors and, and, you know, they're on the other side of the issue. They're saying we shouldn't be talking about it. And here's the statement they said, this is not a skin problem. It's a sin problem. And it's everybody's issue to deal with no matter what color you are. Well, you've got everything from that spectrum to the other spectrum of out. I should have preached on it on Sunday. And dude, I'm just not smart enough to figure all that out. I am just not smart enough to figure all that out. And so part of me just says, Hey, I'm going to wait. I got my wagon loaded with trying to reopen. And, um, then I may deal with it as we get further into it. And I've let the dust settle a little bit. And it's not such an emotionally charged issue when I deal with it. And again, I'm probably doing it wrong. I'd take advice and criticism from anybody who's doing it better. I, I heard, I heard somebody say one time that the devil doesn't care about time. He cares about timing. And, uh, and timing is everything, and, and, and a lot of the wisdom is in timing. I, I, w I just wanted to get real quick, Joe. You said you're very excited about where you're going now with your sermon series. Did you state that? Did I miss that? What is that again? No, no. I'm very excited about what I'm doing with – I'm doing a series on the church. And okay. so, again, right. I'm, I'm dealing with scattered. The tagline is Go being the church when you don't have a church, you know, and using the second version of church being the building, you know, and, and – what should we have been doing? How did we do? My first Sunday back, I'm, I'm so pumped about this. I'm preaching a sermon called, I'm proud to be your pastor. And I'm going to talk about all the great things they did. And I'm going to do no admonition whatsoever in that first sermon. I'm just going to brag on them for, for the good things they did. And I've got charts and graphs I'm going to put up and that kind of thing. Like, that's not the time where I want to say, I want to fuss at them. I want to say, man, you served well, you gave well you understood, you know, I mean, that, that's going to be my sermon. And we're coming back heavy on worship. You know, we're singing twice the amount of music we typically do on the 14th because the thing people have missed is worship. Nobody's been standing up, raising their hands at home during the worship because we cut back to just two songs and the sermon and the sermon is kind of the same, kind of the same, you know, online or live, kind of, not exactly, but kind of, but the worship has been totally flipped on its head. So we're just going to celebrate, man, I'm going to brag. And then the second week, we're, we're going to look at that eight, Acts 8, one passage. And then I'm going to go for a few weeks just talking about what is the mission of the church? What should we be doing? And so I'm pumped, pumped. man, I'm like, I'm studying, I'm off this Sunday, but I'm, uh, I'm pumped about the, my first two sermons when I come back. And I haven't been pumped about a sermon in 13 weeks, if y'all know what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's been like, this is no fun preaching to an empty room. So I don't care if there's 25 people there. It's just better with 25 people than it is none. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jason, what about what about you guys? Did you think about all that's going on? Think about your preaching, where you're headed. 
Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think uh, I agree. Majority of the time, I'm probably where Joel's at. Uh, this week, by God's sovereignty, I was in James 2 already uh, when, when all this came out. And so uh, I actually had taught the message because I left for vacation early because we've been recording Sunday mornings. Uh, going live and we've kind of the last few weeks gone early uh, recorded in the week and so I came back actually after I preached the message and did a caveat where I just addressed we've really grown um, one of the things that I'm most excited about is in our diversity over the last three years and so it was just something that uh, James too I already hit it in there and then as the riots began I realized it was time you know I just knew I need to press a little more into it. So I actually came back and did a caveat at the last and we just did a prayer moment. Uh, so that's why I do think when you don't know what to do, sometimes you just don't. And so kind of what Joel was saying, uh, what to say sometimes, you know, and so I think in this deal, uh, I do, uh, I think it is a inflection point for our culture. I think this is bigger than anything we've seen in the past few years when it comes to stuff. I think we all sense that and know that uh, on this one. Uh, this one's not just going to uh, – you know, it, this is not just the mainstream media causing hype. Uh, this one's not – don't get me wrong. They feed it. You know, don't get me wrong. They yeah. tilt it and twirl it. There is propaganda in it. But there are some underlying things. I think it matters that Caucasian pastors have a voice in this thing. Uh, I think it matters that I, I lead the way in how a white Caucasian guy from the South responds. You know, I'm just being – you may be 100% honest. I think it matters that we do uh, on this. And so I don't think it's the, the timing kind of what um, – Scott said, I don't think it's a matter of – if you're chasing the news cycle, you're going to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. I think we may have lost him again. Um, but I, I would just say one other thing about this, and this is, this is for all of tonight. I'm preaching to the choir here. But, guys, one thing we can never forget. Sorry, I'm back. Okay, I'm good. Sorry. No, so that was it. I mean, that was, I would just say the – God's sovereignty, God's timing, um, it was where it was on James 2. Um, and, and as far as my series coming back, uh, we're just kind of taking one-offs. I agree wholeheartedly with Joel said. I mean, it's like there's no way in the world. Everybody's dying to sing, uh, and, and I'm gonna let, we're going to sing a whole lot, man, that first <laughs> week back. We're going to sing a whole lot. That's it, man. Well – yeah, I appreciate that. And I think our, our, our folks will too and, and will enjoy that worship time. You know, one thing I was saying, I think something, and, and again, man, I'm not preaching at anybody. I'm just, again, reminding us of something we probably already know is we have to be so careful in these times to stay on our knees in prayer and stay in God's word so that because our hearts are deceptive and wicked. And these kind of things can become they – can, they can go off the rails real fast, and we cannot be following God's plan and being the church in the midst of it. And so um, I think calling our people to pray for one another, um, calling to action to stand firm, stand strong in the gospel, share the hope of Jesus and the love and compassion of Jesus. You know, we, we need to 
you know, I, I've said this before, this is one thing I pray all the time, God, give me your eyes and I'll see people the way you see them. Because left to myself, I, you know, we all deal with things that we have to deal with because yeah. we're, we're of the flesh. You know, give me your heart that I'll love people the way you love them. And give me your hands that I'll help people the way you would help them. And we have to pray that with an honest heart and open hands and say, God, use me, you know, to glorify your name in this. And that's, it's just a difficult, it makes it difficult. And, um, you know, as long as we're on this side of heaven in a fallen world, we're going to deal with issue after issue and struggle after struggle. And it's heartbreaking and, and, uh, creates division and tension. And we, the church has got to lead the way in, in being the people of God. Tim, uh, Tom Hocutt, who's an AM, says we are having a prayer gathering for black and white pastors, some elected uh, officials, city and county police, sheriff this afternoon at five o'clock to pray for peace, love, justice, and racial reconciliation. My question to you based on that comment is maybe does your area influence what how you may handle this? For instance, uh, you know, if, if you're in a predominantly, let's say, non-multicultural area of the state versus maybe a church that you're, you're in a heavily multicultural area and yeah. maybe whether or not you're silent or whether or not you say something matters more, could that be the case? And, uh, and I love the idea. I'll just make, I, I've asked you that question, but now let me just make the statement before you answer. And that is, I think, look, it never hurts to pray. That's for sure. As far as rather than make a statement, like trying to give a, a, an essay on it, or even a sermon on it, just to say, Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to call a prayer time. And I mean that they all, all there's almost, it's almost impossible to fault <laughs> anybody yeah. on that. Unless they just critique your prayers, right. To well, just come out. You know, when, when, when issues of this magnitude happen uh, in our country, I think as a church, we have the responsibility, uh, to be a godly voice in the midst of all the chaos. And sometimes it is hard to know what to say because some, sometimes what you say is taken wrong or, you know, different people have different experiences. So they they read it differently and hear it differently. And, but we can't, we can't be afraid to say uh, something biblical gospel centered in the midst of even all that chaos, there needs to be a certain sound and certain hope is Jesus. And we need to keep pointing people back, to the gospel, um, and um, and he, he is our hope in the midst. Stephen, what you, I know, um, and you might share a little bit about your story, um, but y'all got a, you know, uh, you're not far from us, so we live in the same culture and have the same issues. What what kind of what's your perspective in the midst of this? Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting. Uh, we have two African American uh, children in our home. And uh, one of them is old enough to have these type of conversations because it's impossible to turn on TV and not see something. Everybody's covering it. And so I think what you're saying is right, Tim. There's great wisdom that sometimes there, there's the fear of, for some people you're not saying enough and for some people you're saying too much. And I think with just the access to just digital Say just vomiting. We were so quick to post things that mm -hmm. it, it's you have to almost be for everything and against everything. And if you don't align up with everything, then you're again, you know, it's it's just it's lunacy to try to keep up with. And so that's why it's so important as as ministers of the gospel that we see people through the lens of scripture. 
mm-hmm. and that we teach our children and people in our home and our staff. And, and that in that way, when these things happen, it's not a gut punch outside of the, the atrocity and the injustice that it is, but we don't have to rush to try to make things right. That that has been the message from the get go that, that humanity is, can be redeemed by the blood of Christ, that he sent his son for us, no matter what you look like. I mean, I think the, the beauty and the infinite wisdom of, of the father allowing Jesus to be born a Jew literally is nothing like an overweight, bald-headed guy from South Georgia and saw me and my depravity and that I needed salvation. And so um, I, I think you're right. We do have um, a responsibility but I think that to say something about responsibility has to be separated from the political side yeah. and, and move to the biblical side and the eternal value that, that God places on all of our souls. Yeah. And one thing, one other thing I would say too is guys, we just, we need to be faithful to pray for one another. You know, being a pastor in this world is very complex. And it doesn't matter if you're African American pastor, Hispanic pastor, white pastor, the issues get really complex and everything gets convoluted and it's so easy to, or to become political or um, personal. Uh, just, it gets cloudy really quick. And so in the midst of that, we, we need to be faithful just to lift each other in prayer and be faithful to pray for one another um, for God to give us wisdom and direction through this um, so that the gospel doesn't get lost in the middle of all the chaos. Um, as a, the, he, that's the only light in the midst of all this, this uh, this world so we need to be faithful in sharing that all right let me let me ask you this question you think about moving through the summer because we're headed toward the fall i know you think it took it took forever to get to june and now you get to june you think man it's going to be august and school starting back before you know it what are we going to do so as you think even now we're into the summer i know we really haven't everybody hadn't really started back yet but some people have and they're starting to meet but as you think about that fall date with school starting, what, what are your thoughts now? What are your, like, how are you going to get ready for that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, jury's still out for all of us, but it feels like this thing could be forgotten by August. Like we could have totally moved on if the summer UV rays kill it off the way it does the flu. And, you know, the numbers are just decreasing and decreasing, decreasing. And we're, what we would hope is that we could launch back sometime that second, third week in August when we typically have our two biggest non-Easter Sundays a year or that second and third week in August when school starts back. Uh, we're, we're hoping maybe business as usual about then is kind of what we're thinking. And then we'll regroup in October and see what it looks like in October if it, if it you know, comes back around. I, I do, you know, I do believe that the... in in the ingenuity of America, that if we want to fast track a, uh, a cure, we, we've got the, the wherewithal in America to do that. And so I think we could see, you know, soon, you know, these trials start rolling out and make a difference and this kind of becomes, so I don't know what to do other than plan on if things are going to be normal. And if they're not, we adjust because we adjusted in 16 hours the last time and figured it out. Yeah. Uh, but what I don't want to happen is things be normal and me not prepping for normal and be caught off guard uh, and miss a golden opportunity to have done something. We were, we were having our large, largest year in the history of our church this year when all this happened. 
So we could pick up with our online numbers. We could be bigger than we've ever been second, third week in August, if school starts back, you know, assuming all that. I think in Georgia, it probably will. Uh, may not start back till September, but, you know, those kind of things. So that's kind of the plan right now. And to say, call that a plan would be the, the loosest use of the word possible. Okay. Jason, what are y'all, how are you doing your preparation for the fall? How are you thinking that through? Very same as Joel. Um, I think phase three for us is July, which is back in the buildings. We're in phase two, uh, beginning services. Phase three, we're on all our campuses. And we've got phase four TBD, and I think that really all depends on when school starts back and how everybody adjusts. So, yeah, we're very much um, – you know, I don't want to kind of like Joel said, and the plan is that the, the earliest we return to normalcy will be when school starts back. But I do think there will be a, uh, I do think once it all gets back and everybody's over the first awkwardness, I mean, when, when football's going and when weekends are going again, and you just sit there and go, probably at some point, and even if you've seen in the, news of what Anthony Fauci he's like yeah we're gonna have 100 million doses I mean that's what he said two days ago by January of this stuff so you feel like maybe maybe you know uh, by the fall uh, we could be back into some form of normalcy that's how we're July is very much a uh, back in the building but but very limited and then August is really August September is really hopefully whatever the new normal is that's when we'll begin to realize that fully so uh, that, that's what we're thinking. We might be completely surprised, but that's all. That's kind of the loose words of planning, as Joel says. Do, do, you, do you guys all, all, all of your websites now have your whole regathering plan on it, right? Oak yes. Hill, Bethlehem Church, First Woodstock yep. does. Uh, Eagles no, Eagles I did not make a plan. plan. Huh? We, we, we're telling our people we have to play it by ear and it'll be a week to week decision and that we'll let you know. But I'm opening back up with kids ministry. So, and by the way, I think it's 70% of parents with kids said they would, they would enroll their kids in kids ministry, which have shown no effect from the COVID virus. Like the kids are the safest people on the planet. And I want to get the kids out of the room where the adults are because they can be asymptomatic and not even. And so if I put the kids over kind of sequestered in kids ministry, to me, it makes more sense to keep everybody safe in doing that. So hey. we, haven't, we haven't released a plan on our website. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've told our church, we're starting back. The only details we know is we've moved our service times. I'm sorry, you didn't want to know all this. And we're not going to let you know until three days before what all the details are. Because we're monitoring through the news day by day. And then we'll give you the details about three days before. And our, our people have been so flexible in all this. Man, they've been awesome just to let us change on a dime. We're just running with it. We're right. And, you know, that's yeah. good. You know, uh, uh, North Metro had their service Sunday. They started back Sunday and they had their kids ministry. They had it in a large room, but they used hula hoop. So every kid had a hula hoop. That was their area. They had, so they had 30 funny. kids. They had 30 kids. Yeah. And they, uh, they said it went really well. Kids enjoyed it, thought it was really cool. They had, everybody had their own hula hoop and they had their little area and, so as they sang and worshiped and all that, it was, a, it was a neat little experience. So some guys have been real creative, which is cool. Stephen, what about you guys? Preparation heading to the fall? Yeah, scaled approach again. We're back in the building, but limited on the 14th. Uh, we think we'll start with adding some more elements 
of meeting together with groups. Uh, we had identified uh, six or seven areas in our church where groups, should they want to not meet Zoom-wise anymore, that they could meet based on how many people are in the groups and, and where they can meet. And even one of those options were outdoor at a pavilion that we have. Uh, we anticipate like like Jason and Joel both is that back by August we if things continue to track the way that they're tracking that it'll be kind of business as usual but some all of that is still kind of up in the air for all of us yeah you know at, at uh, one thing we're thinking at Eagles Learning some of the prep for the fall some of it we'll do through zoom calls and some training like that and then other as things progress we'll actually have some times on campus where there's training a bit you know whether it's live group teaching for children or you know, whatever we've got, different workers' meetings, we may have those on campus as we get into July. So that Mike, we're ready for, uh, for um, Tim, Tim, Mike uh, has very similar approach, and they've been meeting for a while. Mike Zimoy says we've been on site since May third, and we'll tentatively start kids' church on July fifth. Still unsure about when on-site Sunday schools will begin. One co-ed class has begun meeting in the chapel where they can spread out. Uh, this class is still mostly. Uh, on zoom right now they're still mostly on zoom hey tim let me say this too just yeah. my help some guys i think the week after the 14th i'm going to have all of our staff work from home that week if you have a three to five six day incubation period we're going to be around a thousand people on that sunday uh if we all if somebody gets it on the staff shows up on monday and is at work all week um you know the whole staff could become infected and i can replace some of us on Sunday, but all of us on Sunday is going to be a problem, you know? <laughs> and so I think we're, our thought process is now work from home the week after uh, just so we can see if symptoms develop and kind of keep us out, you know, of the, uh, from infecting everybody in the office. Okay. That's a good idea. Good idea. Uh, well, listen, listen, I appreciate the conversation every week. You know, it's, it's, uh, still been changing and morphing. I, I feel like not only is the is it emotionally getting better, people feeling more comfortable, but I think it actually is getting better. Um, things, the, the signs are all pointing in the right direction. So, um, and, and to me, the encouraged thing talking to churches across the state is how well people adjusted, got online, and how the church has survived and thrived through the midst of this COVID crisis. It's been really, really good. Good to see, encouraging. I'm thankful for our leadership of our pastors and staff members and lay people that have taken the lead and something you don't prepare for. We weren't ready. We weren't thinking this. And everybody adjusted so well and has done a great job. So that's really encouraging. And I pray as we get back, um, one of the things I've been praying for the whole time is we don't go back the way we came in, that, that we're more devoted to the gospel, more committed to Christ, more in love with Jesus, more ready to share Jesus with the world, more passionate about the hope that we have in him. So that's my, my prayer still um, as, we, as we get back in. But Jason, thank you for uh, joining us from vacation, man. Uh, hope you, you guys relax a little bit. I appreciate all the help. You guys have been um, – a tremendous blessing to me, to our pastors, and I appreciate the time. Yes. All right. Well, let me uh, let me throw some love to Steve Bullard. Uh, uh, he posted earlier, Royal Baptist and Noonan had about 30 to 35 cars each week at drive-in worship for the past four Sundays, but they'll be inside the building for Comeback Sunday service this Sunday. 
and have invested in new streaming equipment and launched Texton Church Digital Connect cards for guests last week. Daniel Atkins, praise God, Raysville Baptist has been meeting outdoors for four weeks, masks optional, small groups still meeting online, seating in family groups, emphasizing respect for personal space. The Lord is blessing us with 70 to 80% attendance. So that's uh, really good here going into June uh, this early in the year. So that's, uh, that's excellent. Um, Jerry Spears said, we started back with kids and each child has a box drawn around their chair, which is distanced from the others. So while you guys are trying to get out of the box, we're playing a game with our kids to stay in the box. So, uh, yeah, these are, these are our guys that talk about getting, we got to get out of the box and, uh, got to keep the kids in the box. That's just where we are right now. So, uh, guys, thank you for being on today. I want to remind you that all the replays are being posted at gabaptist.org forward slash reboot. And of course there, you'll also find the link to the podcast version. If you want to listen by audio when the archives are posted. So we're glad you're here today. Um, if you're feeling like you're watching an Andy Griffith episode that Barney didn't make it, that's because Jeremy Morton wasn't with us today, but uh, he will be back. He's uh, preaching. <laughs> it did feel like that, didn't it? Didn't it kind of feel uh -huh. like, you know, a leg of the stool was missing without Jeremy here? Yeah. No doubt about it. We miss him. Uh, before we go though, Tim, if you could just lead us in a prayer for our nation. Uh, let's all join in prayer and let Tim lead us and then we'll, we'll call it a wrap. All right. Father, we do, uh, we bow before you. We thank you for your amazing love for us. It's totally undeserved and unwarranted, but we thank you for the goodness of your grace and, uh, the power of your salvation. We thank you for the opportunity in the midst of all that's going on in our world, that there is hope and there's an answer and his name is Jesus. I pray that you give us the courage to hold out the hope of the gospel to all people and that you would give us the compassion we need to share the love of Christ with every single person on the planet. And God, I pray for um, all the stresses that have weighted people down over the last several months with the COVID crisis. We pray for the tension, the racial tension that's in our own country um, between African-Americans and Caucasians, black and white. And God, we just pray that you would so occupy our hearts with your Holy Spirit and guide our steps with your Holy Word, that we'll live that out every day, and that people will see in the midst of all the chaos and confusion that Christ is the answer. He is our hope, and that people will turn to him and have and experience the joy of salvation and forgiveness and the redemption of their souls so that, Lord, uh, you, you will be exalted in the midst of this. I pray for our pastors and leaders our lay leaders that are serving as we go back to worship services. I pray that you, um, Lord, give them wisdom and direction and guidance. I pray that even with social distancing, you give us the ability to show the love and compassion of Christ with one another um, as we meet again and extend that to our community. And God, I pray that you will so work in our hearts that as we get back together, we won't just be thinking, isn't it good to be together as God's people? But we will be thinking how being together can help us be on mission together to extend the hope of the gospel to the world around us. So God, have your way in our hearts. Guard our hearts with your Holy Spirit and your word. Guard our minds and our lips so that everything we do and say would uh, honor and glorify your great name. And we'll give you praise for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. Thanks for being here, guys. Appreciate, Enjoy it. Your you guys. Weekend. Appreciate it. God bless you all. Thank you. Bye-bye.